Bullet Cast for life. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the name, you know the voice, you know exactly why I'm here. Just in case if you don't, I am a 24-year-old piece of gold, the greatest sports recreational podcast in the world today, and your current reigning, defending bullet cast champion, just like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, Roddy Strong, and Adam Cole, baby. This title reign is hashtag forever undisputed. For life, brother. 137 days as your le champion of this show. But you know I never do it alone. He's my tag team partner, the Jim of my J, the Teletomar, and the Stevie Ray to my Booker T. Ladies and gentlemen, host of the award-winning Under the Radar. I came back this week, host of Creative Curveballs and Cheer Shots, first ever an eight-time Bully Cast champion, BT, the Canadian destroyer, Brandon Tanguma. How's it feel talking to the microphone messiah on this fine Thursday afternoon? You know, Philip, I'm doing just fine. Under the Radar came back. New Japan's coming back. The world baseball still hasn't come back. They're not even close to that. But we're not going to talk about that because this isn't a sports podcast. But we're we're almost kind of coming back from this coronavirus thing. I'm a jig. Yeah, I mean, this is a sports podcast. We we talk about sports entertainment. We talk about the best in sports entertainment and sports entertainment. It's pro wrestling. You did. Don't call it sports entertainment. Absolutely. I got a Facebook notification uh, on 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 Facebook, obviously earlier today, Brandon. Uh, do you know what it, Do you know what it was? I do not because I do not have your Facebook. Okay, I'm just, just making sure you're not trying to hack the boy. Uh, it, it said uh, I graduated high school six years ago today, and I'm like, damn, I'm old. Yeah, man. I look at well, it. Well, six... I graduated high school eight years ago, so oh, gee, there you go. That's almost a decade. I look at it, my hair is falling out, my name's not even spelled right on my damn diploma, but you gotta love it, you gotta love it. Uh, also, um, last night I was a guest on the Public Enemies podcast, please go check that out. Uh, shout, out shout out to the homies, Graham, Tron, all, all those boys, we had fun, man, we had fun, uh, just chopping it up, shooting the issue about the business, the business. Uh, we talked AEW and a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about here. But uh, yeah, man, it was, it was fun to just be, be in a different realm. I like being a guest on these shows, you know. In the Click, Rudo's Podcast, Public Enemy, Team Talks. If you want me to be a guest on your show, just hit me up. Slide in my DMs. That's all you got to do, and I will be happy to come on your platform and voice my opinions about whatever we're talking about. All right. I am also available, but nobody cares about me. Everyone just cares about Philip. No, 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 no. God damn it. Brandon and I will be happy to be on your platforms, guys. We're a package deal from now on. I'm not doing any other guest appearances unless Brandon comes with me. That's the deal, man. And I want a full prorated salary. Full prorated salary. On the bright side, you know, I, I've, I've formed a faction with those boys. I mean, you're my tag partner. But, you know, in case I, I want to go do something else, we formed the new nation, you know. So, shout out. You can be our Owen Hart, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely, dude. Uh, we have to talk about wrestling. Episode 175, the greatest wrestling match ever. Let's do it. SmackDown recap. Uh, Jeffrey Nero Hardy. I'm a big fan of Jeff. He's in my top ten. Uh, he's cutting a promo on SmackDown. This is a lot of SmackDown we're going to talk about for the first time in weeks. And he's talking about how, you know, he was outraged at being set up and... No, the security footage where somebody saw a red-headed being, which being Seamus, and Jeff chases down Seamus. He's getting smacked into the uh, 
the plexiglass and gets bro kicked. What did you think of the segment? This segment was just fine. Jeff Hardy getting a little bit more time to talk. Usually he gets uh, what I call the Jeff Hardy treatment or the Rey Mysterio treatment where you speak for like three seconds and you get cut off. But he did get to talk a little bit. We thought that this was kind of the way it was leading towards and this is what we're getting. We're getting Jeff Hardy and Sheamus at Backlash. I cannot wait. I can't wait either. I mean, these are two former world champions going at it, Brandon. I know. And if it wasn't for the main event of this pay-per-view, this could have been the best wrestling match ever. It's a possibility. Sheamus, uh, he, he, you know, people think uh, he's, he's okay, but he's had some sleeper good ones that people don't really talk about, man. Like, uh... Hell, probably his best match, Hell in the Cell 2012 against Big Show. That was really good. Yeah, and you're thinking, Big Show, Sheamus, go watch it, trust me. Trust me, go watch it. A lot of good stuff happened on that show. But uh, I guess we're going to move on. Otis, oh yeah, oh yeah. He defeats King Corbin, King Corbin via DQ. Uh, I did not like this at all. Why is Corbin losing? He shouldn't be losing. He's the king. That makes no sense. But Otis is the Money in the Bank title holder. He's a jester in Corbin's kingdom. He's an absolute jester. I hate it. hate it. But at least he has his peach. That's all that matters. (laughs) Shout out, Mandy. Uh, Poor Kayla Braxton, though. She got slimed Fire TikTok. Kayla Braxton has a fire TikTok? Her TikTok's okay. Not as active as Mandy Rose, hey, though. Hey, hey, hey. My boy, my boy, Bimbo Jimbo, that's his girl. I can't be talking about his girl's TikTok like that. You feel me? I like Kayla Braxton. In- got introduced to her at a NXT house show and followed her on Instagram ever since. There you go, man. Yeah. She got slimed on. Uh, I-, I don't like this at all, you know? I've seen a lot of innuendos on the internet for what that substance represents and we're, we're not going to speak about those here. We are a, uh, a public What feature. are you talking about, Philip? It's just like you know, late 90s Nickelodeon. I, didn't know, I know you might be a little too young to know this, but you no, know, Nickelodeon no. used to use slime all the time. I know. I, I'm, a big fan, I'm a big fan of the Kid Choice Awards. You know, Mike Myers hosting that thing back in the day. Th- th- those are my faves. But I'm saying there have been people who have um, made other analogies to what that substance could be, but we are a publicly traded podcast. So we, we, we can't say that. I have no idea what you're talking about, Philip. I took it at face value that she got slimed. Uh, Lacey Evans defeats Sonya Deville. Uh, Sonya Deville, criminally underrated, uh, as Brandon. He, he was the first to notice ever since those uh, days in uh, Tough Enough on 2015. He, he knew. He knew. He was, he was, if, you, if you want to, to know about the best wrestling women's talent, you come to me. Because I was on the Becky Lynch bandwagon. I was on the Sonya Deville bandwagon before it was cool. So I haven't picked my next... Uh, Next bandwagon just yet, but when I do, I'll let you guys know. Man, I mean, you know, I was on that Sasha Banks bandwagon before she was the boss. You know, when she was hanging around with Summer Rae. So, come on, you know. I, 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 I'm kind of woke to who the future women stars are, but Brandon, he's just, he's ahead of the game. If you guys really want to get ahead of it before I even announce it, you can get on the Shotzi Blackheart bandwagon. Town business, baby. Oh, man, Absolutely. You know, shout out Shotzi. Shout out Shotzi. Uh, Lacey Evans, yeah, she, she defeats Sonya Deville and when, uh, Mandy Rose, uh, the, the Golden Peach, pops up on... Ooh, that's, yeah, yeah, they make that a t-shirt, goddammit. Uh, pops up on the screen, and, you know, oh, I'm gonna get distracted, and gets, gets socked in the face by the woman's right. 
Gotta love the old distraction finish in WWE. You know, they they rarely use distraction finishes, so it's it's nice to see that they pulled it out to this special event like Lacey Evans and Sonya Deville. I thought maybe Sonya and Mandy were done feuding for the moment, but obviously that is not the case. That is not the case. Uh, they, I don't think they, they haven't had a match. They haven't had the blo- the big blow-off match, so no. Of course they're not done. You know, I think we can get three matches out of this, you know. Yeah. Sonya somehow gets the first win. Uh, Mandy barely scrapes by and get, gets a win, like a roll-up victory. And then we need a rubber match, bro. You know, I th- sixty minute Iron Woman match. Better here, here, than Sasha Bailey. Better here, than Sean and Brett. Here, here's what we do. Here's what we do. You th- there's not that many matches for Backlash. You throw them on there. They have a match together. Sony picks up the dub. Uh, Mandy wants to redeem herself. All right, do a little TV feud on a uh, on a uh, what you call it on SmackDown. Have Sonya run for for a few weeks. Mandy gets that win. SummerSlam, baby. Let's let, let, let's have let's have a meaningful woman's feud that doesn't involve a championship of any kind on the card, and boom, that's that's how you do this. It's simple. Can't wait to see this feud get stretched out for another two three months. And then and be th- great. No, no, but here here's what you do: the winner becomes the number one contender to the SmackDown Women's Championship. That's how you do that. I mean, if they just kind of sat around and waited, eventually they'll get an opportunity because there's not that many women to choose from. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I'm from the days where you earn a title shot. God damn it! Uh, speaking what of did Mark Quinn, dude, earn the title shot. He was selected. That's it's just that simple. See, it's, it's see the, the the thing is the SmackDown Women's Title isn't involved in an open challenge to where the TNT Championship. It's a network title. It's Cody said he's taken on that role, and it it, it that's just the uh, the cards that were dealt. You know, he, he was selected by by the higher ups. Like, you know, let's give him a shot. Why not? It's kind of like you know back in the day when you picked a number for the Royal Rumble, and the thing was uh, rolling around. They they reached in, they selected a ball. Mark Quinn. All right, cool. You're you're next. It's just how it is. Seems legit. Seems legit. All right, uh, Sasha Banks and DeBailey, as she's known as on the Public Enemy podcast, they defeat Twisted Bliss. We have new women's tag team champions. Uh, shout out, shout out, shout out, Sasha. Shout out, baby girl. Seven of the champions in WWE are African Americans. So you know, I got, I got to give a big fist up to that for sure. Now, a bl- uh, Black Power ranking coming, coming this week for that, absolutely. But uh, what, what are your thoughts on a uh, blue face Banks and DeBailey becoming the? Uh, women's tag champs yet again not really sure on why they just did this out of nowhere i thought bliss cross applesauce was having a an okay feud with the iconics and they were definitely building towards that and then just out of nowhere sasha banks and da bailey just was just listening to da baby on on the way before we did the podcast so shout I, out i see what DaBaby. you did there i see what you did there yeah i mean it's almost like da baby copied da bailey exactly you know exactly but uh, i mean now we got a triple threat match the smackdown women's title isn't being defended on the show i, I mean we'll talk more about it when we get to the preview of backlash but I-, I maybe it's just that that they're just trying to wedge banks and bailey and they were telling the story of banks and bailey maybe breaking up and then now they won the titles and now they're besties again so i guess we got to hold that story for now yeah this story started like february of 2018 here we are 2 years later 
What are we doing? Uh, Brandon, what's your favorite DaBaby song? Well, I was listening to Bop, which is, you know, the big, the big song that everyone knows. But, you know, I, I do like the intro track on his, not this album that he, that he just released a couple of weeks ago, but his last album, two albums ago. Uh, would you say that Bop is uh, a Bop? Would you say that? It cool. It could. Fire music video, by the way, with the Jabberwockies. Oh, there you go. Uh, I'm a fan of Yes Indeed because, you know, it has Drake on there. He's a, a hometown native of the six, you know. Uh, I think my my favorite line is, it's so simple, but he's like, wah, 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 I'm the baby. I'm like, ha, ha, that's funny. I like that. Because you know, babies cry. Exactly. You know, simple stuff works with me, guys. It really does. You know, I know I host a podcast called Complex Conversations. But little simple stuff, I'm like, huh, I like that. Then I hitch a bandwagon to somebody. That's that's just how it works. All right, uh, The Nature Boy. We've taken a break from uh, The Undertaker last ride. It wasn't on for the past couple weeks. It returns the Sunday after the greatest wrestling match ever from Backlash. WWE 24 for Ric Flair. It's going over the three-day weekend of his retirement in 2008. You know, his Hall of Fame induction on Saturday. His uh, WrestleMania 24 a uh, match with Shawn Michaels on Sunday, and then the Monday, the retirement speech, which we are going to really go in depth about a little bit later. It is our promo pick of the week, spoiler alert. And it's just that whole weekend, man. So, Brandon, what was your takeaway from this uh, WWE 24 from uh, Nate? Well, I definitely did watch this WWE 24 on Ric Flair. And That's I code thought it was. he didn't, ladies and gentlemen. I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. Kayfabe. I thought it was fantastic. Great storytelling. Great emotion. You know, WWE does great work. If only the people who do these network specials could get a job with WWE on the regular television and tell great stories and video packages and stuff like that, then maybe WWE could be a whole lot better. But fantastic for a documentary that I definitely did watch. You see, I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon. I'm, I'm, I'm the Mike Messiah. I'm a straight shooter now. I'm, I'm, I apologize. The podfather, he kept a kayfabe, but he's dead now. It's all about evolution, reinvention, ladies and gentlemen. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, this was fun. I, I really did enjoy, you know, seeing the backstage stuff from that that time period, that era. And um, there's an extra from the 24 where Triple H is talking about how you know Vince was like, "How long is he gonna go?" Because you know, Hall of Fame speeches in the last couple years have have gone pretty long. And this was at the time where it just showed on the USA Network, and it was about an hour. So, but uh, Ric Flair's speech was like an hour and 30 minutes. So Hunter's talking about how. Uh, he had to keep going up and telling Flair, like, hey, you know, you had a great career. You're one of the greatest of all time, but, you know, it's time to wrap it up. I thought I thought that was funny. Vince was like, God damn it, he's still in the 70s, not even in the 80s yet. Time to wrap it up. That's 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 funny. But uh, all in all, I mean, it's probably the greatest retirement in the history of the business, and there have been a lot of wrestling retirements. Hell, I mean, um, Terry Funk is responsible for, like, a hundred of them. But seriously... It's it's probably probably the best one. I mean, nobody's had a better send off. You know, Sean's wasn't that good. Undertaker's eventually when it does happen, I don't think it will be uh, at this level. But you know, Rick he he uh, he he had a great retirement, and then he went to TNA. So you agree with me on my assessment of this documentary that I definitely did watch. Yes. Yes, I did. Exactly. Thank you. All Thank right. You. Outside of the ring, big match. John Cena donates to another charity. He donates $1 million to the Black Lives Matter Foundation. Shout out, John. Shout out, John, for the cause. 
I appreciate that, man. Shout out John Cena. Who would have thought that the BTS Army and John Cena would be collabing to donate a million dollars to Black Lives Matter? Who knew? Who what knew? what kind of times are we living in, Philip? I don't know, man. These are uncertain times, as WWE keeps telling us, though. You know what, dude? I was watching Raw Talk before we started this, and on there, they'll announce the protests that are going on in the country, but they won't announce the pandemic that's going on in the world. That's WWE logic for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I can't even think of a WWE reason why they would do that. It's because it's WWE. All right, we got to talk about my boy HB Schnizzle, the Heartbreak Kid, aka HBLMK. So this was a this has been reported. There was a a producer backstage. I think it was at in your house, uh, the takeover last weekend. And somebody was like, oh, I really don't see what the big deal is, why everybody's upset. I think everybody gets treated pretty fairly. And HBK basically went off on dude and was like, hey, man, there's real ish going on in the world. Like, what are you talking about? Obviously, people who are d- darker skinned don't get treated fairly. Are you an idiot? And then I heard he super kicked him like Stan. That part's not true. But all in all, shout out to HBK standing up for the community, standing up for my people, man. I appreciate that. Shout out, Shawn Michaels. If you saw the, head- if you saw the headline of... Shawn Michaels altercation backstage. You, you know, your mind would have raced, and if this was twenty plus years ago, if this was the nineties, he would have stormed out and took his ball and went home. But this is the best backstage altercation Shawn Michaels has ever had. Besides super kicking, there's been a bunch of them. Besides super kicking, Stan. Sure. After that. Yes, of course. All right. Uh, I I heard about this like two weeks ago, and I forgot to mention it. Uh, Tony Khan bans Hulk Hogan and Jim Cornette from AEW events. Uh, I mean, I don't know why you and would... Linda Hogan. Really? Because what, what she, she was just like she was just like that producer that said, "Oh, you know, all these Afro-Americans looting and destroying their oh, communities." My, blah blah blah. Hear, all lives matter. I did hear something about that. Yeah. I mean, Hogan. Like, we we don't need the rambling racist there. Plus, I'm sure he doesn't want to go to AEW. And Jim Cornette buries everybody that works for the damn company, so I'm sure he doesn't want to go there either. But, uh, you know, shout out TK for the people. And uh, Jericho's been getting a lot of flack. I know last night on the pod, the boys, they were just burying Jericho when he hit that All Lives Matter uh, thing. And they, they had one of the best lines I've ever heard. My boy Graham was like, Jericho writes all these best-selling books but can't read the room. I was like, damn. Damn. That's deep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I saw somebody on Twitter was like, oh, he's Canadian. He doesn't understand. I'm like, what are you talking about? He doesn't understand. It's simple. Now, there, now look, there are people who will say all lives matter just to shut up the Black Lives Matter uh, conversation and movement, or they just want to argue. But then I do believe there are those people who are truly about... Uh, everybody, you know, everybody's life matters. That's why they throw the All Lives Matter up there. there I, I do believe there are those people. I think that's what Jericho meant by it. But, like I said, all lives can't matter until black lives do, ladies and gentlemen. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Go check out Titus O'Neil's uh, speech uh, in front of the Tampa Bay community. He gave a, It was on uh, Raw Talk, and he, he basically hit the All Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. You know, we, that shouldn't even be an argument. You know, human rights matter. That's what that's what the issue is here. And I was like, oh, okay, that's that's dope. Uh, I, I respect what uh, what Big Titus was doing. You have any more thoughts on uh the the whole Black Lives Matter movement, Brandon? And what's been going on? We 
we we touched on it, I think, last week, but, you know, I kind of said my piece. And, and just because maybe everything isn't as hot as it was last week doesn't mean that the issues still don't stand and they still don't matter. Absolutely, man. Wait, wait, wait. I, uh, I pre- appreciate you for saying that, buddy. All right. Uh, Mr. Wrestling number two, Johnny Walker, has died at the age of 85. Um, I knew there were more than one Mr. Wrestling. I, I think Mr. Wrestling number four wrestled in the APW garage quite a few times. I, I remember I saw him like three or four times. But uh, did, did you have any memories or did you even know who Mr. Wrestling number two was? I did know who Mr. Wrestling two is a pretty big deal. Back in the day, a journeyman wrestler who was kind of down on his luck, like in the third, and he was like in his 30s, not in the 30s. He, you know, put on the mask, became Mr. Wrestling 2, and became this big figure. I can't wait for uh, some podcasts to come out where they're definitely going to talk about his life so I can learn more. I've always kind of, you know, in passing, they've talked about him, and I've heard some stuff about how big of a deal he was, but I never really sought out to look and find his stuff. So if you guys are looking for anything during this quarantine, I just would believe there's stuff on the network of Mr. Wrestling too, so definitely go and check some of his stuff out. Yeah, so I mean, he uh, he debuted in 1955, retires in 2007. That's 52 years, bro. That's crazy. And he was born in 34, so if you do that math, he was 73 when he retired. He died at the age of 85. You look at his. You look at his. Uh, his Wikipedia here: Championship Wrestling from Florida, Georgia Championship Wrestling in the seventies and eighties. Uh, big time television champion, NWA Florida Heavyweight Champion, NWA Florida Tag Team Champion, with Boris Malenko, who's the father of Dean Malenko. So, you know, he uh, he had a pretty notable career. Once he, like Brandon just said, he became uh, Mr. Wrestling, uh, NWA South. Uh, heavyweight champion, NWA Alabama heavyweight champion. That that just shows you how deep the territories were. Deep South heavyweight champion, Hawaii championship wrestling, uh, tag team champion with Mr. Wrestling number three. Wow. And guess who Mr. Wrestling number three was, Brandon? Stu Hart. No, no, he works for WWE right now. He's a former Ring of Honor champion. He's a former ECW, former ECW and NWA champion. R-Truth. Steve Carino. Oh, so close. So so close, but no cigar. Uh, I'll read this last one because this, this is actually cool. Oh, wait, no, he, he'll... Archie, I'll read two more. NWA Georgia Tag Team Champion with Bob Orton Jr. Uh, Mr. Wrestling number one and Tony Atlas. Bob Orton, he uh, he uh, he had a son that would grow up to be uh, one of the greatest ever. I think he's gonna have the greatest wrestling match ever this weekend, right? Bob Orton Jr.'s son. Of course, I just can't wait for that match. Absolutely, a barn burner. And then the NWA Macon Georgia Tag Team Championships three times, twice with Mr. Wrestling Number One, and once with Jerry the King Lawler. All right. And also, he was tag champs with Magnum TA. Uh, R.I.P. to uh, R.I.P. to uh, Johnny Walker, man. Brandon, you're the New Japan guy. It's back. It's coming back, baby. What's what's going on with it? Tell us the deets. Well, they held a press conference Monday night. I watched it, and they announced that New Japan, yes, is coming back. I erroneously said that I got the dates right, but I got the days 
of the week wrong on Under the Radar. If you want to go check it out, you're more than welcome to. But anyways, New Japan will be coming back on June 15th. That is a Monday. And they will be having a mystery card, the New Japan Together project, where they're not going to announce any of the matches until the show starts. And then the New Japan Cup is going to start up the next day with some matches. Don't have the entire bracket in front of me, but the winner will get a chance at both Naito's IC and heavyweight title and the finals of the New Japan Cup, followed by the Dominion show in Osaka. Joe will be the first major wrestling show with fans as they will hold fans for a third of the capacity of the building. So big news coming out of New Japan. Wow. I mean, there we go. So the first four days are without fans. That's 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 what I've been hearing. Uh, cool, man. It's it's all right, you know. I'm interested to see what uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to do because, you know, he gave us the greatest drop in podcast history, greatest drop in audio history. Um, who, is my boy uh, is my boy Tomohiro Ishii, is he in this thing? Our boy, Tomohiro Ishii. Oh, oh he's our boy. Is in this thing. It's, I Well, if you listen to Under the Radar, I have a super-duper man crush on Ishii, and Ishii should be whoa, whoa. IWGP heavyweight champion, you're just out, saying. You're out here having man crushes, man? I mean, it's 2020. You can yeah, do, whatever, I, do whatever you want. Do whatever I'd be you crushing want. hard on, on my boy Ishii. All right. Is, uh, is my homie Kenta in this thing? I do not think Kenta is in this. This is a major uh, Japanese tournament, as you'd expect, with all the travel restrictions. Zack Sabre Jr., off the top of my head, is really the only gaijin that is in the New Japan Cup. But all the big names you would think, like Kota Bushi and Kazuchika Okada and... Tanahashi is in there. So I would assume probably a big name will win the New Japan Cup just to set up the match at Dominion with Naito. All right, look, if my boy uh, Ishii don't win this, what are we doing? What, what are we doing with the guy? He's basically the Japanese Taz. Yeah. That's basically where I'm at. And Ishii's like in his mid-40s, and I didn't really realize this until last year, and he's still crushing it. Man, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. You know, he's Zack Sabre Jr., he's the only guy Kakojin in this thing you said? Gaijin, but yes. I mean, Guy Kakujin for all the really smart marks. And I heard Dave Meltzer said marks is like as offensive as the N word. Are Are you stupid? I, I, I didn't hear this, so I, I can't I can't defend my boy on this one. No, I, like are, are you an effing? And even if he did say it, I ain't going I ain't going to defend that. Are you an effing idiot? Really? You've been you You've been drinking that Omega juice too hard or something. But drinking all that Japan juice too hard. Like, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dave Meltzer makes me upset, ladies and gentlemen. But I did stand next to him in a Denny's once with Brandon. These are facts. I wrote down on the same piece of paper and used the same pen as Dave Meltzer as we tried to wait in line at a Denny's that was, like Osaka Joe Hall will be, a third full, but yet no service was was given to us. Yeah, and then he uh, ripped the paper off the clipboard and stole it and he hung it up in his room next to his Kobe poster. I, yeah, well, I actually put it underneath my pillow, so I sleep with it every night. Okay, that's weird. The State Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. The Road Warriors, uh, they make their debut with Georgia Championship Wrestling in 1983. WWF Japan, 1985. The incredible Hulk Hogan defeats uh, Tatsumi Fujinami. Hogan joins WCW on this day in 1994. WCW Great American Bash, 2000. Jeff Jarrett walks out with the World Heavyweight Championship. Raw 2001, uh, Kurt Angle defeats Chris Benoit, or no, Chris Benoit defeats Kurt Angle in a steel cage match. 
AJ Styles wins the NWA title in 2002. Uh, uh, shout out to my boy Rob Van Dam. ECW One Night Stand 2006 defeats John Cena for the WWE title. Unfortunately, we lost the American Dream five years ago today. I remember that day like it was yesterday, man. Me, me and my homie Demond are at my uh, house, and we know we're we're just chilling, playing the game. And then I read Dusty died, and I was like, oh my god, you know. And then I you know immediately hopped on YouTube, watched the Hard Times promo, watched some of his matches, man. Just a one, truly, honestly, honest to God, one of the one of the best that has ever done this. And uh, you know, look at. Look at what his sons have done. Look at the legacy that that they've left and are still paving. You know, Gold does one of the greatest characters in the history of the business, and he's turned back the clock with the work he's doing in AEW right now. And then Cody, he's he, he's become basically the the leader of the quote unquote revolution, the man that's at the forefront. We know there are other people involved. We know Tony Khan's the the owner of AEW, but you know when, when we think about this stuff, we kind of a lot of people just kind of see Cody in the forefront of it, and uh, he's he's done a. He's done a great job, and I think the American Nightmare is making the American Dream very proud. You have any thoughts on that, Brandon? Do you think if Dusty, do you think if Dusty didn't die, if AEW would be a thing, and if it was still a thing, do you think Dusty would be at AEW right now? Oh, hands down, dude. I mean, it's TNT, it's Turner, it's Time Warner. Uh, yeah, he he'd be there, dude. Like Shivani's there, and Jim Ross, and just that that WCW field. You know, he he would be there for sure, hands down. I think he would have left NXT. He did love his NXT children. Kids, he did. He but did. Dusty, Dusty was not treated as well as he should have been by WWE. Ever since he, he gave Stephanie McMahon the hand, it just wasn't the same ever since. That's, that's, that's true. Uh, he did wear polka dots before we got to WWE, though. Let's, let, let's, let's, uh, let's put that out there. People don't know that. Yeah. Anyway, there was a SmackDown Live on this day in 2009, and Brandon, do you know what happened? What happened? Otis and Tucker beat AJ Kirsch and Dave Dutra for the Yolo County Tag Team Championships. And now those Yolo County titles are forever immortalized on an action figure. Absolutely. Hell of a gimmick, though, still. I mean, we I got to interview them, uh, was it like, I don't know, I think it was about like a few weeks after that, like two weeks after that. And they really capitalized on it, man. Like, AJ legit made cardboard titles and was shipping them, not just all throughout the country, but, like, he shipped quite a few to Japan, I know. And, like, just hell of a gimmick to sell cardboard championships. If you got it, make some money off of it. Make make your money, boo-boo, as you would say. Make your money, boo-boo. All right, former United States champion Magnum TA is 62 years old today. And holy Sheeta! Akaru Shida is 32 years old. Congratulations, making it another year to the AEW Women's Champion. Oh my God! As uh, the thirst traps pop up on the Instagram, let's uh, let me go to the fan mail though, because that's what we're really here for. All right, um, are we are are, are we ready for this, man? Stay ready, so we don't gotta get ready. Absolutely, I'm just kind of trying to go through the go through the whole thing here to make sure I don't miss any. Here. Well, I know uh, Mr. X sent us a, a late-minute question last week that didn't get on the podcast, so maybe you should ask his question first, since it might be a little time-dated. might be a little outdated. Unless you deleted it already. No, no, it's on Instagram, so I'll just read all the ones he sent me since. All right. Uh, Jack of all trades. Is it me, or does Moxley's run not feel as big as the TNT title was since the TNT title was introduced? 
Uh, I I mean, yeah. How do you feel about that, Brandon? Do you not feel uh, Mox is is uh, is big? I feel it's kind of hard to judge how well a champion is doing right now, especially since there is no fans. I think the match he had with Brody Lee was good, but we're going to talk about what he did this week, and I really thoroughly enjoyed the promo he cut on this week's uh, Dynamite. But, I mean, overall, I think it's just really hard to kind of gauge what success is with these champions at the moment. The ratings aren't going down. They're still consistently beating NXT on a weekly basis. So I, I still would say that his title reign is a minor success, but I'm not going to say he's hitting out of the park and, you know, doing great things with it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it could be... Would you say it's adjacent to the WWE title run? Uh, maybe, because I think even when he was a WWE champion, I think he was getting pushed pretty consistently and he was doing some good things, you know, not great things, not terrible things. So I think that is an apropos uh, comparison, but I, I think the best stuff he's done in AEW is still better than what he did in WWE. Wow, how apropos of you to use the word apropos. I mean, then, of course, he did the Austin podcast, and it all went downhill from there. Because he had some, like, weird champion complex where he was trying not to break kayfabe or something like that. And he felt threatened by Stone Cold. I mean, yeah, this is a Texas rattlesnake. I'd, I'd feel threatened, too. All right, Robert Walker, how did you guys come up with your monikers and why? Um... Oh well, Brandon, Canadian Destroyer. I remember this is when Bailey was still hot and and uh, she wasn't getting boring. She was in Canada. I think was this the Bailey? This is my life segment. Was that it? Where Canada just absolutely booed her, and then Brandon on the show just buried Canada, and then that's just how the Canadian Destroyer was born. It's just that simple. I don't think it was the "This is your life" segment because "This is your life" segment. Nobody said anything oh, during the, during that, that segment. That's, so that's true. Um, well, yeah, that's how... And it wasn't Bailey's fault, as Vince said. Yeah. Well, that's that's how Brandon got his, and then BT, I just call him BT, because Brandon Tangum, it's that simple. Uh, Podfather, uh, you know, oh, Godfather, Podfather, I'm gonna do a podcast, that's really how that happened. And then I got rid of it, because honestly, you know, it's time to move on. The Microphone Messiah, I was doing a radio project last year, uh, for a radio class, and I'm, I, in the midst of it, I just said that, and I'm like, huh, I kinda like that, and then I never really used it again. And then, you know, Seth becomes a Monday Night Messiah, and that's pretty hot right now. So I'm like, okay, that's that's what we're going to roll with, you know? That's that's basically how that happened. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Brandon? My other moniker, if you guys know me personally, people might call me Cheese, which I don't think I've ever really talked about on this podcast before because, you know, I'm such a funny guy that back in, like, sixth grade – for some godly reason, I said cheese a lot for one day, and so then everyone called me cheese, and then here we are. So if you see me on the Twitter, and I retweet something or whatever, and there's a little cheese icon next to my name, that's why. Brandon the Big Cheese Tanguma. Gotta love it. No, it's just it's just cheese, oh, it's not just the cheese. big cheese. BCT, baby. All not right. to be confused with cheese from Foster's Imaginary House or whatever that thing is called. Oh, Fo- Foster's House of Imaginary Friends? With that cheese came out after me, so it was basically loosely based on my life. So I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, I think they owe you some royalties, my guy. <laughs> um, Alfie Lewis, Cajun Mox's brawl was kind of weak. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about that once we get to uh, Dynamite. Jack of all trades, 
Hey guys, love the bonus episode. So what are your top 10 favorite wrestlers of all time? And can we get a bonus episode for that? Uh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. We'll expect one next week. There we go. Moving on. Uh, Dan, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, Dominic doesn't stand a chance against the Monday Night Messiah. He's losing an, an eye, just like his old man. <laughs> That's funny. At first, I thought he was talking about my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic from Curveballs and Chair Shots, and I thought we were going to set up a match between Dominic and the Microphone Messiah. Oh, I, 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 I thought that was about to happen, too. I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm scared. Very scared. Uh, Alfie Lewis, what's the craziest wrestling move you've ever tried while wrestling your friends or brother or family or whatever? Brandon? What's the craziest wrestling move you've ever tried? I don't know if I can really say craziest wrestling move I've ever tried, but I can tell two times where I've almost killed either myself or my brother. So there was one time where I tried to recreate the legendary SummerSlam commercial where Brock Lesnar F5's a shark. I went to F5 my brother, and he came dangerously close from hitting his head on the corner of a table. And that was not that was not fun. But then the other time was a little more recently when me and my brother were trying to recreate the match WrestleMania 29. I was the rock. And I was trying to take the five moves of doom, and I took a back bump, and I, I hit my head up against the uh, the nightstand where the TV was on, and that hurt. So, two, two, one concussion and one near concussion while trying to wrestle. How how recently? Don't try at home, kids. How recently was that, dude? He's like, it was, uh, it was, like it was, five years ago. Oh, I thought you were about to like say five, it was, six years ago. About to say it was like it was yesterday. <laughs> um. Okay. I I have two. I have two. So one, my cousin DJ and I. Uh, shout out, Hunter. Uh, so we're we're wrestling. Oh, we're oh my god! It's like it's like ten years ago. Yeah, I'm trying to Batista bomb him, so I pick him up right, and I I can't really hold his weight, and then we fall back into the closet, and he like slices his leg. It's not that bad of a cut. It's just like, uh, you know, it's it's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. And then there's another time, so I'm like watching an AJ Styles match, and this is like two years after this. And I saw AJ do the Pele kick. I'm like, bro, stay right there. I had him stand on the bed. I had him hold a pillow to his head. And I go for it. I, f- I felt my foot hit the pillow. So I think I did it. But I damn near almost broke my neck in the process. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're never doing this again. Yeah. Don't try this at home, kids. Don't try. And there's a time I legit got super kicked in the face while wrestling. I was like, I was like 11 years old and my teeth clattered. That, that was fun. I need to have Demond on the show so we could talk about that incident. Those, those were good times. Was that the end of the email thread? I think it is. All right, now we're going to go over to the Instagram, the Instaham. Got some, got some fan mails here. All right, uh, Muggsy. I'm, I'm. He's a, he's a fan of the show. I met, I met him at the gas station. So shout out to the homie. Muggsy Bogues. Uh, no, just, just Muggsy, dude. Do you even know who Muggsy Bogues is, Philip? Who who is that? Tell me. Tell me now. He he's like the, the short guy. If you've seen Space Jam, he's a little little guy. Oh, famous huh. basketball player. Okay. Oh, I know, I know, I know. What you're talking about. He's like he's like five five three or five four, right? Something like that. Yes, and he was crossing everyone up and doing fantastic things. You see, you don't got to be six nine to play basketball in the NBA, ladies and gentlemen. You don't. He was doing a fraud to short man. Brandon, give it a shot. No? You're not going to? 
I mean, basketball is not really my thing, but oh, what's, what, what's I'm, I'm a hell of I'm a hell of a facilitating point guard. I'm more of a passer and defender than a shooter. Well, what's what's your game, Brennan? What's the best sport you're you're good at, man? Well, what is it? What's the, what's the sport you're the best? Uh, at? It, it, it would probably be baseball. But now in my older years, I'd probably have to uh, move on over to slow pitch softball. Okay, okay. Or you can just take up golf. I, I do play golf. Oh. I'm a, a power hitter, so I can I can drive the hell out of it. But then once you uh, once, the closer I get to that hole, the, the worse my game gets. Oh, use oh. that as a clip. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, all right, Muggsy. What do you think of Ricochet? Literally one of the best wrestlers I have ever seen in WWE. Uh, he he's a wasted talent uh, along other greats. Uh, I like Ricochet. He's good. He had a little feud with uh, the phenomenal one, and um, I don't where the hell. Where, yeah, he and Cedric started a tag team, and then where'd they go? Are they quarantining themselves? That's, that that might be what's happening. I don't know. I, I don't know, but they started the feud with Brandon Vink and whoever the hell with MVP's little little group there. They they lose to them, and then we never see them again. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, all the rest of these are from In Brightest Day X, so here we go. If we're talking about Taker's final match here, I think it should be uh, take place at the Survivor Series His uh, this year. It's his 30th anniversary uh, where it all began. That does make sense, you know, if he wants to hang it up. Maybe we'll have fans in attendance by then. Brandon? I think if you're going to do Undertaker's last match... You got to do it at WrestleMania. You, you you give him the Ric Flair treatment. You, you have him go in the Hall of Fame that day. I mean, if he wants to, I know he's kind of breaking character a little bit more. So he could do that, have the match, and then retire. That's, that's very possible. Because let's let's be honest, a lot of like a lot of the hardcores will know that Undertaker started at Survivor Series, but most all the casuals and everyone else really relates WrestleMania to the Undertaker. He, he retires at In Your House, Revenge of the Taker 2. In an Inferno match. An Inferno Buried Alive match. Absolutely. An Inferno Buried Alive casket match. There we go. Throw it all in there. Inside Hell in a Cell. Inside Hell in a Cell. God, a book in the damn territory. I love it. All right, overall, TakeOver was good. Not their strongest outing. Liked Gargano and Lee. Backlot Brawl could have gone on longer. Love the intensity of Cross. The woman had the match of the night, and congrats to Io. Uh, one for winning the title, and two for not killing Rhea with that moonsault. If you want to hear our thoughts about TakeOver in your house, check out our recap in the Bullcast archive. Alright, now these are from today. If I hear the greatest wrestling match ever one more time to describe Orton and Edge, I'm going to punch someone in the head. Greatest wrestling match ever for Randy Orton and Edge. You heard it one more time if you listen to this, man. Punch somebody. And definitely don't listen to the uh, preview because I'm definitely going to hammer that. Oh. Over and over and over again. Hammer it. Hammer it so hard. Oh, geez. Hammer the over, everyone. That's how you always, that's how you always win. You got to hammer the over for you betters out there since sports is coming back. Is there a reason that uh, DeBailey and Blueface Banks needed to win? He didn't really put it like that. I just said that. Uh, needed to win the titles, or am I missing something? Uh, didn't Paige say they were overpushed? Bailey and Sasha? I, I heard she said this, but she didn't say anything. I did hear something like that. I mean, the women's tag team division is not very deep. I feel as though you could. They are going to have a tag team match on NXT. Shout out to 
Shotzi Blackheart get on the bandwagon while you can, while there's room. And Tiga Knox, they're going to have a title match, whoever the champion is, next week. So at least they're going that route with some NXT talent. Because I feel as though NXT, even though they never have the women's title tag titles on their show, they have the deepest tag team division that, the, that you can pull from. That's very true. Um, I, let's be honest, these women tag titles aren't working. They're not working now. They didn't work when they had them in the 80s. Because they don't want to acknowledge that at all. Um, let's just get rid of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, if we're, and if we're talking about hopping on female bandwagons, hop on Deanna Perrazzo's. I'm a fan of the Virtuosa. She had a birthday yesterday. Happy 26th, baby girl. Shout out. Um, Alright, of the group that Phantasma is leading in is giving off vibes of Lucha Dark Order. Bruh, Phantasma is the ish. Like, DJZ is meaningful now. I, he's a heavy, or not a heavy, but uh, a bump guy now. He's going to be a handler. I love it. Well, what's, what's his name now? Santana Escobar? Fire. Absolute fire. I am intrigued to see where they go with this luchador. Well, I guess they're not luchadors anymore. They're still luchadors, even though they don't have the mask on. I'm intrigued to see what they do having a main, kind of the undisputed era in the cruiserweight division. I'm intrigued to see what they do there. And hopefully with the Cruiserweight division, that wasn't really pushed a whole lot in in NXT now that they gave this little group to Phantasma that they can actually do something with it. Wow. I, I, I guess so. Oh, this last one is a weird question. How weird would it be if they... I st- love weird questions. Oh, oh. How weird would it be if they started an angle where Otis turns out to be Macho Man's illegitimate son? Sort of go back on a throwback angle in WCW where the Giant was supposed to be Andre the Giant's illegitimate son. Um. Um. I thought Jay Lethal was Macho Man's illegitimate son. I I mean, Otis could be could be, uh, could be, uh, Macho Man's son if that Stephanie rumor's true. hey all right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. Charlotte Flair and Oscar defeat the Iconics and DeBailey and Blueface Banks in a non-title match because everybody comes out there and talks and they turn it into a match. Yes. yes. If you also want to go the Blueface right, you could go Blueface Bailey because he says Blueface Baby. Blueface Baby. This, you know, we can have our own gimmick now. Brandon Face Baby. No, you're not going to do Don't that. ever say that. No. No, 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 really? No? My, my no. homeboy Zach is like, Phil Face Baby, and I'm like, Zach Face Baby. I thought we could do that. Oh, so we're not going to do that together? All right. Sorry. Carry on. Anyways, this was the Charlotte show on Raw. I mean, the match itself, you kind of knew this was going to happen with Charlotte and Oscar being the two champions. They kind of have to get the win here. But then that also devalues the tag team division, which you would think they would have a... It, an advantage over the champions that don't like each other and have been combined to be a tag team. But anyways, I mean, the match was all right, and we got a lot more Charlotte on the show to cover. Absolutely. Hey, man, I said it on the pod last night. I'm going to say it today. I want Charlotte to hit the flare record. Not that 16 title BS. I want that 21-22 title reign. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it. No? No. I did see something on Twitter where somebody said, can Andrade just get Charlotte pregnant so she's off TV for nine months? And I'm like, oh! Oh, 
if no. she gets pregnant, it would be longer than nine months. So it's actually, you know, it'd work out better for the for that person. Uh, he's gonna hit that that Seth Rollins face that Seth hit Becky with. No. Let's move on. No, we're we're, we're moving on. Okay. Let's just, let's get away from that. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, um, Alistair Black and Humberto Carrillo defeat uh Austin Theory and Bloody uh, not Bloody Murphy. Jesus, Buddy Murphy. Um, and then Seth Rollins, Buddy Murphy. Absolutely. And then you know, there's a whole Rey Mysterio update that ties into this. What did you think of all of that, man? It was fine. Alistair Black still getting a push, which I always like to see. Rey Mysterio. The the promo itself was fine. It was kind of a little bit. More of the same of what they did last week. So kind of spinning their wheels here, just kind of waiting for Mysterio to come back. I don't know how long they're going to hold out on this. But, I mean, it's something Seth Rollins' character, I, I mean, the jury's still out on him with me. I don't know if I like it or I hate it. It's just kind of there. Uh, I, I enjoy I enjoy the Monday Night Messiah. He's trying to lead lead us to a... Uh... Better ourselves, Brandon. If you want to better yourself, you got to follow the Messiah. I thought if I wanted to better myself, I have to take one of those like fit tees on Instagram. No, no, no. Don't be a part of that cult. Come join this other cult. Okay. Uh, the Peep Show. You know, Christian. Christian, put him in the damn Hall of Fame. He had a great career. He has his best friend, WWE Hall of Famer, the Rated R Superstar. Edge on his show to uh, talk about the greatest wrestling match ever between him and Randy Orton this Sunday. What are your thoughts, man? I thought it was good. I didn't exactly know where they were going with it. I mean, I could kind of see that Christian was trying to pull that out of Edge, but I felt as though for like the go-home segment of this feud, I thought it could have been a little bit better. Could If you're going to get to the greatest wrestling match of all time, it should have the greatest go-home angle of all time. That's that's possible. That's that's true, dude. It's it's true. Speaking of angles, this was probably the the I don't know, dude. The decathlon, uh, Viking Raider, War Raider, whatever the hell their name is, and Street Profits. They 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 uh, tie. Dude, look, I, they've ruined the Street Profits with this with this Street Profits. You know, Dawkins and and Ford. They're still great. They're still good, man. But being involved with these punk ass Vikings has just ruined all credibility for these guys. Now, I mean, they, they're, they're holding on to a shred of it. Let me let me rephrase that. They have a shred of credibility left. Stop associating with these guys and just do something better. I know we're in the pandemic era. I know. I know it's hard out here. It's hard out here for a lot of us. But you can't be doing this, man. You can't be ruining a damn good tag team with decathlons Drinking goat milk and having sword fights with Vikings. It's 2020. Vikings don't even exist. God. I guess this is a bad time for me to say that I thought this was the best of the four little vignette things that they did. I know it's not saying a lot, but I kind of enjoyed it. Kind of. I'm not going to say, you know, I thought it was the greatest thing of all time. It wasn't the best vignette of all time. But. This wasn't the greatest decathlon ever? I mean, it might be the greatest decathlon I've ever seen in WWE history. 
Okay, okay. Um, well, Andrade defeats Kevin Owens and Angel Garza to become the number one contender for the United States Championship. It happened. Nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. Time to move on. Uh, Bobby Lashley and MVP defeat the Viking War Raider Experience. Thank God for that. Thank God. No? Nothing. Nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. Exactly. Charlotte Flair defeats Asuka. You're damn right Charlotte did. She's from the Queen City, baby. You're damn right she can defeat Asuka. It's time for it's time for Charlotte to win her eleventh world championship. Even more distraction finishes. Love to see it. And they didn't even I don't even know if they acknowledged the, the fact that Charlotte lost her match at NXT Takeover. This I know so, this, this was probably filmed beforehand, but you gotta at least talk about it a little bit. No, no, you, you can't talk about something that hadn't happened yet, Brandon. Doesn't make any sense. But we can talk about the greatest wrestling match ever before it happens because we know it's going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. You understand? Sorry, Miss Drex. He, he's probably punched like 10 holes in his wall by now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, dude. Still do graphics for us, though, bro. Please. Please. We love you, man. We love your work. You do great. You do good ish. Um, with that being said, we got to move on to AEW. Dynamite! So, this is the debut of FTR Forever the Revival. F the Revival for the Revolution. Uh, Fear the Revolt, whatever their name is. Uh, Scott Dawson, who is now Cash Wheeler, looking at, uh, not Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, looking at, looking kind of chubs. I know I'm a hefty boy, but uh, my, my, my man, he, he really said we're not, we're not body guys. He's not hefty. He's thick. He's, he, he's, he's husky. He's, he might be as husky as Harris once was. He, he said we're not body guys, we're just good wrestlers. That's what he said. And they go up against the Butcher the Blade, no bunny, because now they've become uh, Joe Joe Bears, Joe Bear City. That's where the, that's where these guys are, and I liked them when they first debuted, mainly because Allie was there and she was in a bunny suit, and you know, uh, thoughts. I thought this was a really good match, good way to introduce FTR. Young Bucks come out once again. They tease it. They don't go all the way with it, which I hope they really save this match. For later on down the line hopefully it's in front of crowds but who knows how long that'll take but i feel as though the right track is to get ftr get the titles on them before the young bucks get the titles and that's how they face off absolutely in front of people let's drive drive in mo- uh no not in the movies what is it uh drive in um wrestling let's make it happen guys brandon's a visionary let's do it I'm telling you uh, before we get to this next match, I, I want to talk about this tag team name for Jimmy Jacobs and uh, Superbad Kip Sabian, the Superbad Death Squad. What the hell? What the what? What terrible mid two thousands WWE PG? Not even PG. What terrible Attitude Era? What wall or hell or bag did they pull that out of? I mean, what? What? Super bad death squad? That's outrageous. I was thinking more WCW TNA. Okay, you name know, generator. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, yeah, that that might be good. This is like this is like WCW Slamboree 2000. That that's where the hell this came from. Jesus Christ, man. Like what? I know they can't have their triangle of death or whatever death triangle right now. Triangula uh, de la Muerte. Or can we just call him Luchapak? Like like my homie uh, Graham said on the Public Enemies pod last night. Luchapak. Luchapak. I'll pop for Luchapak. 
But yeah, this that's stupid. That name is stupid. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. I, I had to get that off my chest. Feel better now? That might be worse than the Katie Vick on a pole match. Oh, hey, oh. Alright, so uh, Nyla Rose and Superbad. Penelope Ford, who was accompanied by Superbad. Kip Sabian. She defeats Hikaru Shida and Chris Statlander. And oh my god. Let me, t let me t let's talk about Chris Statlander. Uh, MJF took to Twitter and was like, the alien chick is the drizzling, you know what? And he is right. I, I'm sorry. I am sorry. I don't approve. She was trained by a Kurt Hawkins. Hawkins is a good worker. And he even told her before she started, like, like uh, having matches, like, you sure about this alien thing? She's like, yeah. And look where we are now. I'm going to have to, she's on AEW Unrestricted this week. I'm going to have to listen to find out where the hell this idea came from. Because when she first debuted in AEW, she wasn't doing this weird stuff. She was just like a, natural, a normal wrestler. And I'm like, okay. I'd rather her be a normal wrestler with no character than this weird-ass alien thing. Like, is E.T. her brother? Is, is, that, is that where we're going with this? I don't know, because she's from the Androm Andromeda galaxy. I don't know exactly where that falls on the map, because not really a space guy, but... I'll, I'll ask Jimmy Neutron, and we'll find out. Okay. Yes. Shut up, Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron and... Fairly Odd Parents, greatest collab of all time. Don't at me. It, it that that is the greatest collab of all time. Uh, I'll at you because you know we're, we're buds. But what do you think of this tag match, dude? It was a tag match. Nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for. Not the biggest fan of the champion losing, but when you have like six women all like bunched together and you really have any new contenders, I guess this is what you have to do. Just have everyone wrestle each other. And now Penelope Ford seemingly is the number one contender, and Sheeta's probably going to beat her, and then Chris Statlander will turn heel, and then she'll beat Sheeta, and then Sheeta will face off against Statlander, and then Rose will face Sheeta and beat her, and yeah. All that stuff. All right, uh, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy and the best friends defeat the inner circle consisting of uh, Jake Hager. Or the, the boys last night called him Hager Hogan. Have you heard anything that, that Hager's done that could uh, validate that response? I have not, but I do not follow Jake Hager on any social media, so... Wow! He gave us a drop for this show. How dare you? And I was also this, I'm also the same person that you said, oh, I'm going to meet Jake Hager, and I was like, yeah, I'm good. I had a talk with him, very pleasant gentleman, you know, and I told him, hey, dude, I enjoyed you as the World Heavyweight Champion. F what everybody else is talking about. I like the run. And but at least he did do meet and greets on, like, Rey Mysterio. Oh, that's true. Man, Ray, for a little guy, he was big league and hard. Anyway, uh, and Setano Ortiz, proud and powerful. I'll go listen to the latest talk because Jericho, the whole inner circle is on there, and it's great. Anyway, after all of this, because Jericho was on commentary with Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone, they, <laughs> they beat Orange Cassidy with the bags of oranges. And they're like, and like he blades because Cody didn't blade this week, so they had Orange Cassidy do it. And you know, he gets hit with the bat, and like they're pouring, squeezing the oranges and pouring them on him. And then uh, I think Jericho's line was, "Blood Orange Cassidy just got juiced" or something like that. I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. I liked it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. If you look at it on paper, oh, Orange 
Chris Jericho beats down Orange Cassidy with a bunch of oranges, you would like, oh, it was a funny ha-ha skit. But I think they carried themselves very well, and it was a serious angle. I mean, when you you put like 20 pounds of oranges, you, I mean, I, I've never really swung 20 pounds of oranges before, but I would assume that that would do some damage to somebody if you, you hit him with it. It does. I've, I've, I've tested this out. I'm going to have to go to my local Luckies and just fill up a bag and just start swinging it like Chainsaw Charlie. See what happens. I went to the store last night and I said, Mom, hold still. I'm joking. I'm joking, ladies and gentlemen. I'm joking. I'm never do that. I did it to my tenant downstairs. Anyway, yeah, I thought this was interesting. If this was in WWE, it could have been made kind of corny. I mean, but Jericho's done stuff like this before. Like, he did the CM Punk, uh, whatchamacallit, where he, he's breaking beer bottles over his head and pouring beer on him, so... If Jericho does it, it works. He attacked Dean, Ambl- Dean Ambrose with a potted plant. Yes. R.I.P. Yes. Mitch. R.I.P. Mitch. It's been, what, four years? We still can't believe it. Never forget. Never forget. All right. MJF basically comes out there and says, hey, I've been undefeated for three weeks. I've been ranked for like nine. I'm a big effing deal. Shout out Carl Fredericks. And he's like, what's going on here? And then Billy, don't call him Gun, because I guess he's not allowed to have that name anymore, even though we had it last year. Uh... You know, gets in his face and Wardlow's like, don't make a mistake and stuff like that. So I guess we're getting Billy, don't call him gun with his son Austin, gun of the gun club, versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman next week on Dynamite. Billy Gunn gets the Cody treatment where he get he has his son in his corner so they can say Billy and Austin Gunn. But he's actually saying Billy Gunn. But the thing is, like, Cody, he, like, he, uh, he has it back now. He has the Rhodes name back. He just doesn't use it. I don't know what's going on with Billy. Because he's above the Rhodes name. Well, wow. I would assume that Billy, they were just using it because they, well, not because they could, but just because they were just saying it to try to get away with it. And then WWE was like, yeah, yeah, no, no. Should have put bring, a, bring it, bring it back. Should have put a Ryback dude and just made that your legal name. Make, I mean, I would assume they have like gun with just one end too. So I, 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 you could do that or maybe just keep adding ends. Just have gun with like four ends at the end. Billy Gun. Yeah, that's how you do that. Shout out Justin Roberts. That's how you get around the trademarks. That's how, that's how you do it, dude. All right. Uh, Sammy Guevara defeats Boom Boom Colt Cabana. I kind of buried Colt Cabana last night. I, I feel a little bad. I do. Colt Cabana, great guy. One of the nicest guys I've ever met. Absolutely. He, you know, he, uh, he, he gave me a lighter once. Shout out Colt Cabana. I taped it on my wall. I got to figure out what I did with it. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so uh, shout out Sammy Guevara. Probably some of the best entrance music in AEW, could we say? Best Friends has the best entrance theme. I'm, I mean, it's could we say that he his is one of the best, though? To be honest, I don't really listen to his theme song. It's, it's like a rap one. It's like, it's my moment to shine. Something, something. Anyway, Sammy picks up a win. Uh... Over Cole Cabana, and then, you know, the Dark Order, all of the Dark Order, Evil Uno, uh, Dick Grayson, or Steve Grayson, whatever the hell his name is. Stu Grayson. Stu Gra- Dick Grayson, I'm sorry, you know, Batman fan over here. Uh, all the minions come out, including Ten, who is Preston Vance, and uh, the Exalted One. Mr. Half Rapper. Yes. Oh, Jesus. The Exalted One, Mr. Brody Lee, still rocking the suit like he's Vince McMahon. Um, and he, you know, join us. He helps him up and stuff. And then we see, uh, I think it's Dasha. Shout out Dasha. Uh, trying to interview him and he just walks into the room with the Dark Order. And then, I'm not going to lie, this is funny. 
Sammy's talking you know, on the mic, and then Matt Hardy comes out. He's a uh, Team Extreme Matt. And uh, I guess if you say a certain thing, you could trigger the different versions of him. He doesn't need to go into the lake of reincarnation. So Sammy was like, as a matter of fact, and then the, the, <laughs> the matter of facts come up, and I'm like, okay, we're version one Matt now. And then he says, I don't know if you're dumb, stupid, or broken. And he's like, oh, and Damascus has woken up. I, I, it's stupid funny, but it's funny, guys. It, it is. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed everything of all, of all Sammy and Cabana. It was a good match, and then I liked the kind of aftermath with Colt going into the Dark Order's locker room, maybe teasing that he's going to join them. I don't know what this means, because I've never really seen Colt Cabana be serious before, so if he tries to go down that route, that could be an interesting little storyline going there. And then Sammy Guevara and Jeff Hardy could be a... It is a fun little feud. I don't know where you go. Sammy's kind of the job guy for Inner Circle at the moment, so he might he might lose, but Hardy's also been kind of protected pretty strong up until this point. Don't know what his end game is. Maybe he's going to lose to Sammy in the end, which I think could really boost Sammy and maybe get up to that TNT level and have uh, you know a match with Cody. Maybe he wins it. I don't know, but both sides of this feud were matched with Sammy Cabana. I liked what they did afterwards. Uh, do you know the one time Cole Cabana was serious? When he was sued by WWE and then sued by CM Punk? Uh, yeah, when Punk left him with all his illegal fees. All right, uh, Joey Janela, as my boy Enzo would say, Joey Janela. I guess he. I guess you're just an alcoholic if you're an AEW. Like, are they promoting alcohol- alcoholism? Like, are we really doing this? Anyway, you know, he's down on his luck. He was in the main event with Moxley once, and then he hasn't done much uh, since. And then all of a sudden, he's walking across the street... And he gets picked up by somebody who Brandon believes should be in the AEW Women's Division, Sonny Kiss. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I would like to go back to the uh, direction of cor- the direction of corrections. Don't even know if that's a thing. But I have heard that Sonny Kiss is acceptable pronouns are he, her, she, him. You can call whichever or. So I kind of was correct even though I did mess up. Wait, <laughs> wait. What did you present it as? The, the, the correction of what did you just say? The direct, the direction of corrections. There we go. That's that. That's that's a legal term on the bullet cast now. I'll copyright it after this is over. Ah, uh, yeah, man. So, uh, what do you think happened in that car after? They talk shop, and now Joey Janela and Sammy. Oh, Sammy. Sunny kiss. I'm uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm on a war right now. I think, you know, make them a tag team, kind of an odd couple tag team. Who knows exactly what they can do? Maybe they have some, like, wacky, kooky vignettes. Sonny Kiss is someone who I haven't been too impressed with what I've seen in a few of his matches. I think maybe he's a little bit too, you know, funny or, you know, too kind of over the top in his shtick. So maybe they kind of dial it back a little bit. Maybe he can, you know, be a serious wrestler. They go in the tag team division. Obviously, I don't think they're going to really obtain any serious you know, championships and hold the titles for for 10 months. But it's interesting. Maybe, you know, they kind of find each other and then they kind of help each other out in their singles careers. They, they beat uh, Omega. They beat Omega and Page on the outside. You know, after after about you know, 20 minutes of going at it, uh, Janela and Hangman are having, having some whiskey on the outside. And then, boom! Sonny Kiss hits Kenny with whatever the hell his finisher is. And one, two, three... Janela Kiss, tag champs. 
You heard it here first. No? There you go. Uh, John Moxley cuts a promo on the outside of the parking lot. It was decent. I liked it. It was, it was a good ish. And then uh, Brian, or no, Taz walks up. I'm sick of you running your mouth. You know, the glasses are off, so he's serious. He's dead serious. He dead ass. And then all of a sudden, uh, not Moxley, what the hell is his name? Brian Cage comes out of nowhere, and they start brawling. Uh, the brawl was a little, eh. And he slammed him on the uh, the uh, the car window, so it kind of made up for it. But uh, what would you think? I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. I really like the promo that John Moxley cut. I mean, maybe after his promo at Double or Nothing and after his promo of winning the championship, I think this is probably, I'm going to say it, this was the best promo ever on AEW Dynamite. Hot take, I said it. I don't know, man. I think the Cody one from November when he was going into his match with uh, Jericho. I, I, I just like the serious intensity of John Moxley and how this was finally like what I wanted from John Moxley. This is like peak John Moxley, what I think he can be. And that's why I liked it so much. No, that's not, hey, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. You're entitled to your opinion. Even though it's wrong? I never said it was wrong. You putting Taker Sean at nine, now that's just flat out wrong. I, I, it was my favorite matches, I, and it was not a match I saw live, so that's why it was my, so low. My heart is beating so fast just because I even said that. Jesus, oh my god, where's my life alert? Oh god, alright, um, um, alright, here we go, um, Marcus Quinn of uh, Private Party. They got new music, by the way. It's Mark Quinn. Mark Quinn, I'm sorry. It's, uh, no, Mark is apparently as bad as the N-word, according to uh, Dave Meltzer, so we have to say Marcus. Yeah. Anyway. That's not his name. I'm sorry, I'm changing it. I, I can do whatever I want. It's my show. I can do whatever the hell I want. Anyway, uh, the Private Party get new entrance music. It's slightly better than whatever the hell they were coming out to. Uh, no Velvet Ropes. I was a little sad. They did come out with the Red Cups, because we can't have two other black guys in a tag team coming up with the Red Cups. That's just copying no, the Street Profits, so we can't do that. Anyway, the point being, he goes up against Cody Rhodes as Cody defends the TNT Championship. It is the championship of, of America's greatest network. Cody comes out on top. There's a brawl. And at the end of the brawl, Cody's like, hey, I know what you want. You want a title shot at Fighter? You got it. There we go. Don't know why Cody just jumped all the way to fighter, even though that's a month away, so he would have to defend the title like two, three more times until that point. But it is what it is. The match itself, I, I thought it was good. It was a little bit different than the Jungle Boy match. Cody, not decisively beating Marquen, but kind of you know establishing that he's still a level higher than him. And Quinn getting a little bit of offense in the end. Uh, I thought it helped out Marquen. You know, maybe it's going to help Private Party in the long run. The match itself was good. Probably would say the Jungle Boy match was a little bit better, but it was just kind of a different match in terms of what they were trying to tell the story of. Uh, this match was better. And that's your opinion. No, it's the fact, because, you know, Jungle Boy promised me an interview and I never got it. Uh, so that's we're done with AEW Dynamite there. Uh, before we leave, we have to preview Backlash, because the greatest wrestling match ever is going to happen on this show. But before we can get to that, let's talk about the other matches. Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus. I got Jeff Hardy. I will go with Sheamus. No real reasoning behind this, but maybe just so they can stretch out the feud even longer. All right, all right. Uh, the United and maybe Sheamus. 
beat Sheamus, you built him up to face Braun Strowman. There you go. The United States champion. Apparently he's still the champion. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. United States championship, Apollo Crews. He's going up against Andrade. Uh, I got Cruz control retaining the, the damn thing. I also have Cruz. Hopefully they give him a decent amount of time. I don't think it's going to be anything spectacular. It's obviously not going to be the greatest wrestling match of all time. But I think if you give him enough time, especially with it being a pay-per-view, so no commercial breaks in the middle, this could be really good. Absolutely. Give him, give him about 15, 20. Be nice. All right, the Raw Women's Championship Oscar goes up against my girl, Nia Jax. Shout out, Nia. Shout out. Uh, but we know what's happening here. Oscar's retaining. Oscar definitely is going to retain. I would assume they're going to move on to a Charlotte Flair feud. But I was going to bring up the fact is, where the hell is Bianca Belair? I mean, she shows up for like a week or two, and then she's just gone, not even with the Street Profits at all. I would love to see Asuka take on Bianca Belair for that title. I said that last night on the show. I'm like, where the hell has she been? If we're, can we just put her back in NXT, please? Can we just do that? EO versus Belair for the title? Come on. Come and I think I said this on Under the Radar. Where the hell is Shayna Baszler? She cuts a fire promo on an embryo, and then she's gone. Uh, Seth gave her that face backstage, and she ran. No? Okay. So you're picking Asuka? I am picking Oscar. All right. Hopefully Nia Jax doesn't kill her. Who? Hey, hey, hey! Don't blame Nia. Don't don't blame baby girl on that. Come on now. Don't. Do Oscar's that. YouTube better than Nia Jax's TikTok. How, how dare you? Nia Jax is probably the, one of the, one of the greatest TikToks of all time. It's not the greatest because you know Lana might have a beat. I'm sorry, but you know, you know. Um, the Universal Championship of the Monster Among Men, LeBron Strowman, is defending against John Morrison and The Miz. Okay. Uh, Strowman? Last time they did this, when Strowman was the IC champ, he actually did lose. I don't think this will be the case this time. I think he will win. You get Miz and Morrison. Yes, they are kind of a joke tag team. They still are one of the top tag teams in the division. I, I don't know why they booked this, but it, it's here, and so I'm going to go with Strowman. All right, all right. Uh, the Women's Tag Team Championships, the Bailey and uh, Blueface Banks go up against Twisted Bliss, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss, and the... It's I- Bliss Cross Applesauce. No, it is not. It is Twisted Bliss, because Alexa's last name is Bliss, and Nikki Cross is a little twisted and crazy. It's just that simple. But elect- it's Bliss Cross Applesauce because Alexa Bliss, that's her last name. Cross, that's her last name. And then Applesauce because it rhymes and it's tasty. Oh, I, I, I thought Alexa Bliss was a fan of Applesauce. That's, I thought that's why you're going there. Maybe they're both fans of Applesauce. All right, so let me rephrase this whole thing. The Women's Tag Team Championships of the WWE, DeBailey, the SmackDown Live Women's Champion, and Blueface Banks defend their tag titles against Bliss Cross Applesauce and the Ike. Gonics. I got uh I got Banks into Bay the Bailey going 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 uh, all the way and retaining those championships. I'm debating if it's between Bailey and Banks or the Iconics. I feel as though if it was going to be the Iconics, they would have never put the titles on Bailey and Banks to begin with. So since they just won it, I don't think you want to you know bounce them back and forth. I know Sasha Banks does have the history of not holding on the titles very long, just like myself. 
but I will go with Bailey and Sasha on this one, setting up what should be a really good matchup given the time with them taking on Shotzi and Tegan Knox. So is she is she is she two belt Becky is that, or two belt Bailey? Is that, that, that what she's she is? dose belts Becky. Becky that was what has been Bailey. Bailey. Becky Bailey Banks. I need, a, I need another title. Baby. I'm I, I want a, I want a two I, I want a two title name. Yo, let me uh, Brian Zane. Let me beat Levi for the wrestling with regret title. I got the bullet cast title. I'll be the two title Titan. You feel me? There we go. There we go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is the championship of record. Drew McIntyre defends the WWE Championship against the almighty Bobby Lashley. He has adopted the full Nelson, a.k.a. the Master Lock, into his arsenal now. He was the first person to break out of it back in the day, so he can adopt it. It's okay. All in all, does Drew retain, keep going, or do they pull the trigger finally with Bobby Lashley? And does he become the WWE Champion? I'm going to stick with Drew. I think he's going to win. Not like convincingly. I think it could be a, a decent match. I think maybe give him 12 minutes. Don't try to overstay your welcome. I don't think Bobby could, you know, not go that long in terms of like wind or anything, but I just don't know if he can really hold a match and hold my uh, attention for that long. So I'm going to go with Drew on the, to get the win here. Maybe a little bit of some chicanery to, to prolong the feud because I was thinking maybe they go in a different direction with gender, but gender is hurt. Don't know another heel that could really go up against Drew at the time. Maybe you have Lashley again the month after, and then you can have a bigger name. Maybe Brock Lesnar comes back at SummerSlam. I think they pull the trigger. I think they do it. I said say it. Bobby Lashley is my pick. We need a, we need eight black champions at WWE. Feel me? All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is going to be the greatest wrestling match ever. The Rated R Superstar, the WWE Hall of Famer Edge versus the Apex Predator, the Viper, the Born Again Legend Killer, Randall Keith Orton. I'm going Randy. I think Randy is one of those people that could go on and face Drew later on down the line. Now, with this whole greatest wrestling match ever moniker, I've kind of said, oh, it's going to... They're doing this just to like put heat on Randy because then he's going to end up cheating or do some underhanded tactics. Now, does that lead to a disqualification? Does that lead to Randy Orton winning? I don't exactly know. Edge even said in an interview on ESPN, I think, that he doesn't even really understand why they're doing this. And I don't know if that was him playing kayfabe and they haven't taped him the match yet or the match was taped. And he just it was a straight up match and he doesn't know why they even said that. But I will go. I don't even know what the main event of this show is going to be. I mean, the it's supposed to be the greatest wrestling match. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I would think maybe this is the end, even though I don't understand why. Is the title on the line, Philip? Let me know. No, it's not. I, 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 wow. I, 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 I thought every WWE pay-per-view, the title's on the line. No, it's not. Because Who? right now we're going 1-1. Whoever, whoever said that? Well, you know, if I was champion, which I never am, I would I mean, be you want, you want to use that briefcase on this? No, I'd rather use it on, like, a New Japan show that you don't even know what's going on. Wow. So. I, might, I might use it for a Dominion, so I'm just saying, Okay. pay attention. Okay. Okay, go for it, man. So if it doesn't matter, then I'll just go with uh, 
I'll go with Edge, just for bragging rights, to say that I won. And I should be the rightful owner, and I can complain when we do the recap. Absolutely. Uh, Superstar Spotlight, uh, of course, it's going to be Edge and Orton, because they're going to produce the greatest wrestling match ever. Brandon, who's your Superstar Spotlight? Well, I put over the promo so well, I might as well make John Moxley my Superstar Spotlight, because, you know, I said it was the greatest AEW Dynamite promo of all time. Absolutely. All right, promo pick of the week. Ric Flair's retirement speech Monday Night Raw, March 31st, 2008. He comes out. He talks about his career. He said, I've had one of the greatest careers in the history of pro wrestling. Thank you. I love you. He's, you know, he waves to the people. And then the game, Triple H comes out there. He says, Rick, I know if you think you're done, you're not done yet. And then he, uh, you, know, you got Harley comes out there, all the horsemen, the real, the, the real horsemen that matter, you know, Flair, Arn, uh, Tully and Wyndham and Dylan, those get, actually, I don't even think Tully was there, but you know, the, the Wyndham was there. That's, those are the horsemen I care about. You got Jericho, you got Cena coming out there, you got Batista, you got Sean coming out there and, you know, saying, thank you. I hope I honored you and all this other stuff. And, uh, if you notice Batista's kind of mugging Sean, setting up the match that they would have like a month later. And then the whole roster basically just comes out. And uh, congratulates Rick. And then, of course, the behind-the-scenes after Raw goes off the air, you have The Undertaker coming out there, breaking character, giving him a big hug. And then you got Vince coming out there, raising up his arm, doing all this, and they're all bowing down to Nate. Takes off his jacket and elbow drops it. it was great, man. Loved it. Fantastic speech by Ric Flair, as you would expect. Very heartfelt, very emotional. And then pair this with the WB24 documentary that I definitely did see, which you guys should all go see. Fantastic stuff by Ric Flair. Uh, what you should all go see is uh, my boy Enzo's on Instagram Live right now. You feels me? Uh, yeah, man. This is when Rick really started crying. So this this is when Ric Flair and Richard Fleer became one. Side note, going back to Enzo, I got a random uh, story commercial on the Instagram the other day of Enzo pushing some, like beard products i think i didn't really look at it because i just skipped right past it oh get your beard game up check him out my homie jtg check out his beard oils doing doing good work man all right brandon it's our closed match pick of the week what is it well with nxt in your house taking place this past weekend i decided why not go with an in your house match might not be the best one of all time but definitely up there we have from in your house final four we got Bret Hart, Steve Austin, Undertaker, Vader. Winner gets the WWF Championship. This, of course, was tied back to the Royal Rumble match and everything in between. This is an elimination fatal four-way match, but you can also get eliminated by going over the top rope, which, if you would think, is a way for a lot of these guys to lose but not take a pin, which is kind of what happened. Good stuff. Crowd is really – it's kind of interesting to see early 97, Stone Cold still a heel, I mean, I think this is in like Tennessee, so it's not like, you know, the hottest place for crowd reaction, but Stone Cold not getting that very much of a pop at all when his music hits. And then Undertaker, Bret Hart being the two big baby faces, the crowd really was into Undertaker. Uh, Vader, nasty cut on his eye, just bleeding his entire face and thing blended with his mask was red. Really nasty stuff. So if you haven't seen it, go and check this match out. Uh, was that the same eye that uh it popped out of socket when he wrestled Hanson in the in the early nineties in Japan? It might have been because it was the left eye. No, all right, all right. Uh, yeah, this was the thirteenth installment of In Your House. I, I I've seen this match before in its entirety from uh what February sixteenth of ninety seven, 
Yeah, I believe this is where WWE got the idea for uh, fatal, the Fatal 4-Way pay-per-view in 2010, where every match is a effing Fatal 4-Way. It was cool, you know, like Brandon said, uh, this gives a chance for guys to not get pinned or submitted, and uh, Bret Hart retained the uh, WWF Championship. Yeah. And then the next night on Raw, he had the opportunity to have a stellar match with Sid, but then like the week after, then The Undertaker is the champion. So a lot of hot shotting right here in this area of 97. I, I haven't really like gone back and watched it, but I know what happens at WrestleMania 13, and then I see what happens at like Royal Rumble, and everything happens in between. It's all convoluted and confusing. That's just how it, WWE has basically always been. All right, follow us on Twitter at BulletCast, Instagram, The BulletCast, YouTube channel, The BulletCast. Email us, BulletCast2 is in the number two, sweet S-W-E-E-T at gmail.com. Uh, every Thursday from now on, so that's tonight, uh, if you're listening to this on Thursday, 9 p.m. to 10 p.m., 99.9 FM, KDB in Watsonville, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Spotify, and Patreon. We're all over the damn place, baby. All right, Sunday, Brandon and I will come back together for... Guess what? The recap of Backlash 2020, which will have the greatest wrestling match of all time on it, ladies and gentlemen. Stay clean, stay safe, stay strong. Stay quarantined. This is gonna When your face is in the dirt, you'll know your death is what I seek. This has been the Bullet Cast. Thank you for listening.